Menlo Senior Team message is presented in this caregiver-centric podcast, providing an update on what's new and exciting across the campuses of Enlo Medical Center. Hello, everyone. I'm Jolene Francis, Vice President of Philanthropy and Communications. Welcome to the September 2023 episode of Enlo's Message. Today, we're talking with CEO Mike Wiltermuth. Hi, Mike. How are you today? I'm great, Jolene. Thanks. Well, great. Thanks for joining us. So, Mike, on August 17th, the senior team hosted another town hall event where we welcomed about 300 of our colleagues from across the organization who either showed up in person or participated on Zoom to hear updates on some important strategic initiatives and get answers to some questions that are on their minds. Uh, The video of that event is posted on Inside Enlo, so anyone who wasn't there could can go ahead and watch it now. I thought it was pretty successful, but I'd be interested in hearing what you thought. Well, well, thanks for asking, Jolene. You know, in an organization our size, the more tools we can have to improve communication and make sure that it takes place, they're, they're always welcome. And I think the town hall format really fits a niche within our organization for folks that want a little more in-depth understanding of what's going on. And the thing that I like about it is it gives us an opportunity to solicit questions, which really tells us what's on everybody's mind. And it was kind of interesting how the questions from different parts of the organization sort of matched up. You know, people are all seem to be thinking some of the same things that, you know, gave us an opportunity to talk in depth about. So it's a, it's a great tool, you know, one of many, and we look forward to doing more of these town halls in the future. Great. Yeah, I think they're pretty successful. And it is a way to reach people we don't reach all the time. There were several questions that were submitted by caregivers who were asking specifically why we chose to invest resources in expanding cancer services. And I'm hoping that we can dive a little deeper into that topic today. I'd like to start by asking you how we came to the decision that cancer was a top priority for our region. Yeah, that's a good question, Jolene, and it was really top of mind for a lot of people because we're always looking at ways to improve our operations. And the first thing that is important to talk about is the difference between operations and capital investment for the future. The Cancer Center is really a forward-thinking capital investment in, in the health status of our community. You know, every three years, we're required by law to produce a community health needs assessment, which communicates to the state what are the the healthcare issues that are vexing our community and what we as a nonprofit organization are doing about them. Our our most recent community health needs assessment reflected, well, reflects a significant gap between regional cancer treatment resources and the growing regional need for this care. You know, in in our part of California, we have the highest rates of cancer and mortality in the state. The top five counties in California for cancer diagnosis are Glen County, Shasta, Butte County, Tehama, and Yuba. Butte County reports 476 cancer diagnoses diagnoses per 100,000 residents in 2020. That's about a 33% increase over the statewide average. It's incredibly high. And our current space is inadequate for the number of patients we're currently seeing, particularly since 
Adventist Health was forced to close its cancer treatment center in Butte County last year. Far too many people are leaving town for cancer. And, and as we all know, leaving town for any healthcare need is a strain, not only on the budget, but on the psyche, but even more so cancer services. And I think we've all maybe had you know, talk, the experience of talking to someone with a cancer diagnosis who just doesn't want to leave town because of the, of the hassle and the emotional stress and strain. And so the more service we can provide here locally, the better. Yeah, agreed. You know, and I, I know folks who have had to make those travels. In fact, my husband has a, a colleague who had a particular type of cancer, and he traveled to the Bay Area 37 days in a row for treatment from his business in Oroville. And it was a 30-minute treatment. So I imagine doing that 37 days in a row to drive all the way to the Bay Area. That's expensive. It's really a hardship for people. So now we know that there is a significant need to expand cancer services in this region. But we also know that this project will be expensive to build. And I was hoping you could remind all of us how we're planning to finance this project during a time when operational funding for hospitals is across the country is really tight. So how are we going to do this? Yeah, well, again, this goes to the difference between capital investment and, and operations, but it all starts with our ability to borrow money. And Kevin Woodward, our CFO, and his finance team was successful selling $200 million in new bonds which are to be paid back over 30 years, similar to getting a mortgage on a house. This was an incredibly difficult issuance initially, just because of interest rates and, and the rising risk that rating agencies perceived that hospitals were under. And so for us to be able to achieve that kind of capital was, was really amazing. And it was very opportunistic for us. These funds can only be used for capital construction. They can't be used for operational expenses like salaries and, and supplies. And there is a time limit. We are required to use these funds. I think about 85% of the funds must be used within a few years. And so we're on a tight schedule to put these funds to use. We do expect the cancer center to cost approximately $150 million for construction and equipment. However, rather than think of this as a $150 million investment, we need to think of it in terms of the impact it has on debt service and our operations. The annual debt increase in debt service for these bonds is approximately $6 million a year. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, but we have an $800 plus million budget. And so to think of a $6 million investment in cancer care, given the need, the tremendous need that we have in our community, is really the way to kind of frame this. We also need to remember that for better or for worse, the Medicare and, and other insurances recognize cancer as something that is devastating. It's a devastating illness and it needs to be supported. And so as we grow our business, we expect that this will add about $35 million a year in net revenue to the organization versus the additional $6 million in, in investment costs. And so not only are we going to be able to cover our debt with the growth that we anticipate through this project, but we'll be supporting other critical service lines that are really underfunded, that are at break even or operate at a loss. 
And obviously, we, we didn't decide to proceed with this project solely based on net revenue. It's really a mission-driven service. But we can't ignore the fact that building a project like this will improve access to care, education, earlier diagnosis. It'll provide expanded access to clinical trials, potentially with other academic medical centers. And it will also help us financially sustain other necessary services for our region. So it's one of those things that checks all the boxes for us. And, you know, having services like this that are successful are so important to us as we try to fill all the gaps that were created through the, you know, the campfire and COVID. When other businesses that we've relied on, such as open systems imaging, immediate care, and other primary care services that are closing, you know, we just have to have the bandwidth to be able to step in and you know, fill, fill those gaps and continue to provide service for our community. It's been a real challenge for us. Sometimes it feels like we're, we're the last man standing, and we certainly don't want to be put in that position. But obviously, we have to be ready when called upon. Yeah, thanks, Mike. That information is really helpful. And I hope that we're all beginning to get our hands around why this is the right project at the right time not only from a business perspective, but most importantly, from a patient care perspective. You know, like you said, the hard truth is that there are just too many people out there that have or will receive a cancer diagnosis. And we've got to be ready for those. And our efforts to improve education and access to early screenings and navigation services for those with a positive diagnosis and supportive therapies for those that are in treatment, those, those are all really critically needed things. Not doing this project wouldn't change our operating budget at this point, but we would, we'd be failing the needs of our community. And I think we just have to keep that in mind. So bringing all of those resources together in one place, it will improve the patient experience. And it offers an opportunity for more people to receive care closer to home, more affordably, where they have their family and their support units. And that that's just really important. I, I think it's important. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, Jolene. And, you know, we, we can do all the math and, and do our predictions and our strategic plans, but then you get hit right between the eyes with something like the, the campfire or COVID. And quite frankly, our organization has been on its heels a little bit, just trying to catch up and, and to fill those very important gaps. This cancer center project represents a major step in, you know, in, in a proactive investment in our community. And I think it's going to have a ripple effect in a lot of other areas that's going to benefit the health status of the people that we serve. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's become very clear to us as we've gone through this campaign project to support this cancer center build that our community wants us to do this as well. Our region wants us to do this. We've raised more than $12 million in about 22 months with the help of our volunteer campaign committee. And, you know, we've brought in 250 plus brand new donors who've never given to the hospital before, but they gave for this project. That tells me a lot that that tells me that people are supportive you know, first-time donors is one thing, but we had 13 of those folks who'd never given a gift to Enlil before, and their first gift was more than $100,000. I mean, that that speaks volumes to how supportive people are for this project because they know it's needed. I mean, we've talked about it before. 
there's no seven degrees of cancer. You know, you've had it or someone you love has had it. And this is just something we need to do for our community. So really appreciate all the additional information. I, I hope that folks will share that with their colleagues and, and with the community as well. Let them know why we're making this investment. So anything else you wanted to add today, Mike? Well, no, I, I really appreciate being able to expand on this. And, you know, I look forward actually to going into some more depth on the other questions that came out of the town hall. But, you know, just to sum up, I think, you know, cancer, like you said, touches everybody and it's no respecter of persons. And it's one of those illnesses that is so requires such a high degree of multidisciplinary professionalism. We're really looking forward to this project. And we hope that long term, we're going to make a substantial impact in reducing cancer related illness and mortality. You know, that's that's the goal. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this this all progresses over the next couple of years. Thanks so much, Mike. That's that's all the time we have today. But we want to thank you for joining us behind the Enlo microphone. Always enjoy having you here. We want to thank all of our caregivers for spending time with us and sharing this program with your colleagues and friends. We'll talk again on October 1st. Until then, please feel free to reach out to any member of senior team with your questions or comments or concerns. We really would love to hear from you. Thanks for being part of our Enlo team. Take care, everyone.